Let's look ahead to Monday in the NBA, the start of week four. There are four games on. Let's look at what we're watching for. Let's look at streaming options to begin the week. And let's look to see whether Michael Bolton can bless us with his presence. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and Slay Queen. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram, at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA, for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Here we are. We're ready to talk about Monday's action. Four games on. We're going with a bigger Tuesday, 11 games on the NBA on Tuesday because that is an in-season tournament day, an NBA Cup day. So that does muck the schedule around. But we've only got four games on Monday after 11 Sunday. And it is going to be a an important streaming day for us to pay attention to. So let's look at um, where we're sitting at with injuries. Let's look what we're sitting with with streaming options. And let's look. Uh, and let's, we're also going to go under the lens on someone as well. We're going to put Daniel Gafford under the lens. Some of you will want to hear about Daniel Gafford. Some of you may not. But some of you will want to hear about Danny Gafford. So let's um, let's go in and just have a look at some injury updates across the NBA at the moment for Monday's games. For the Wizards, DeLon Wright is currently out. Well, he's going to be out four to six weeks. Now, it is hard for me to um, uh, look at, at all of these Wizards things, especially with games going all through the day. A lot of this I was prepared before games started, and I'm recording it as games are going on. Um, for the Wizards, I have Daniel Gafford there with a question mark because as I was preparing this, he went off with a thumb injury. And now as I'm recording it, he's back on the court. But with Gafford, as we're going to talk about later on, you just never know. I don't know what's going to happen at any point. So Gafford is probably going to play on Monday unless the thumb problem flares up again. This guy is the locker room legend, the king of going to the locker room and returning. He did it, I reckon, 50 times, exaggeration, at least 10 times last season, and still only missed five games for the year. There's a bunch of unresolved uh, injury statuses at the moment for Monday. Gary Trent Jr. missed the last game. He's questionable. Uh, Alex Caruso is questionable for Sunday's game. The Bulls have a Sunday-Monday back-to-back. Damian Lillard has missed the last two for the Bucks. I wonder, conspiracy theory, not a big conspiracy guy, as you're probably well aware, um, that they sat him on the second game of a back-to-back, but it was a national TV game. And you can be, you know, get the fines and all that sort of stuff going on. Did they sit him for the second game after that to say, no, this was an actual real injury? Is that part of the rules, do you reckon? Is it a way to skirt that rule? I don't know. They're bad. Their coach is bad. They've got a long way to go. So I'm not sure they can risk that. I would be a little surprised if Lillard misses. If he does, massive red flag. I'd be thinking two weeks if, this is, if he misses this one. Um, and Jay Crowder got hurt in that game. He was bumping up the minutes as well. He could have been, or he might still be, an interesting stream guy. But uh, at the moment, we don't have that update there. Isaac Okoro's missed the last couple. That does help a bunch of guys there. Helps solidify the minutes for Levert and Struess. Helps Nian coming off the bench. 
De'Aaron Fox practiced. It does seem that um, he is going to be okay and ready to go. We don't have that confirmed, but he did fully practice, so it does seem like he's ready to go. Gary Trent, officially questionable. That just got confirmed as well. And then Trey Lyles, who has not played this season at all. I would think that he is less likely to play than Fox, but still, these are the guys at the moment that we are... Um, that we're waiting on to, to see what their statuses bring. So, not many injury things there, a few unknowns. The big one, of course, is going to be Lillard and Fox. They're the two big ones. All right, let's, um, let's put Dan Gafford under the lens. When you look at this, Gafford, attractive man. Look at those eyes, man. Looking good. Looking good, Danny. Anyway... Dan Gafford. Now, the way that I do these under the lens segments, I look at who the biggest riser or biggest faller was over the last seven days in fantasy basketball. And Gafford was the biggest riser out of all the guys who play on Monday. Now, you'd be surprised at that. You might not be, but you, you, you might be surprised at that because you wouldn't say that he'd been playing very well. But this is prior to Sunday's game because as of course, Sunday's game is still going on. He's had some time in the locker room there. I'm not going to count that one uh, in this uh, assessment of what's going on in the Wizards. It's always hard to assess whatever the hell is going on with that team. Um, last week, he played 25 minutes a game, Dan Gafford. He averaged 3.7 blocks and seven rebounds, and he shot 71% from the field. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe I do. I don't know about you, but when you draft Daniel Gafford, what did you draft him for? Field goal percentage, blocks, rebounds. He's never going to be an absolutely elite rebound guy. But 71 from the field, 3.7 blocks and 7 rebounds is pretty solid. He's averaging 9 points in that time. He's never going to be a steals or blocks guy, although a steals and assists guy, although he has so far tallied 2 steals in the game on uh, on Sunday in that one, which again, their rotation absolutely all over the shop. I, I cannot understand what anything Wes Unsell does. So that does make it hard. Right, but he was 47th in minus one rankings over the last seven days. 47th. He's still available in 25% of leagues. He was 78th in points leagues, averaging 31 fantasy points. These are all very strong numbers. On Crafted NBA, a new website, which is really good for advanced statistics, Crafted NBA, he is listed as with a rim frequency, which is the percentage of opponent shot attempts at the rim where he's able to get a contest in. He's in the 99th percentile of contesting shots at the rim. Why is that important? Well, it does help to translate to block numbers, where he's also in the 99th percentile for block rate. But it shows how important he is. Nobody else does that on this team. There is nobody who protects the rim at all. Their backup centers are Kuzma and Gallinari, or it's Muscala or Gill. Nobody does any of this. The second highest is probably Bilal, honestly, who's a small forward who's actually playing a lot of minutes in Sunday's game. So this is important to note. Don't expect massive things out of Gafford. You won't get him. You're not going to get big games. He's not a fantastic player, but there is no young player behind him ready to take this role. They could make trades or whatever and get somebody. But for now, just that ability, like even in this game, he's played 16 minutes on Sunday with a locker room trip, five points, five rebounds, two steals, 67% shooting. It's not fantastic, but it's okay. And that's only in 16 minutes because he missed a bunch of time through a locker room trip. Although they're weirdly not closing with him. Um, he's a, a very polarizing player because he doesn't ever score. And there is the always unknown about what he does. I've got him 
I haven't considered dropping him once in any of my leagues. I think I've got him in two leagues. But there are going to be frustrations, and you have to understand the limitations. Now, one of the other weird things about Gafford is last season he played 20 minutes a night, and he scored nine points per game. So he's seeing less of the ball this season on a worse team in more minutes. His usage is down. He's at lower field goal attempts. Now, over the last week, he is a little bit higher, but he is just down on usage compared to where he was last season. But his block rate, way up, because he doesn't have Porzingis next to him. And that was part of the reason there was interest in getting him, because there was no Porzingis. So he was going to have to do a bunch of rim protection. And so far, so far that has worked out. For as much frustration as you have with Gafford, he has brought the blocks as we expected. Whether that sticks or not, that's anybody's guess. I wouldn't want to look at his on-off numbers. In fact, you can. They're bad. But honestly, like he's got an on-off of minus 10.1, which is bad, right? Really bad. Do you want to know what the other starters are like? Jordan Poole, negative 31.5. Kyle Kuzma, negative 21.1. Tyus Jones. We wonder why Tyus Jones' minutes are down. Minus 44.4, which is unfathomably bad. This is before Sunday's game where Tyus got benched again. Mike Muscala, his backup, negative 32.8. The guys who are getting actual positive numbers, Bilal, DeLon Wright, Gallinari, Omarui, Gill, Butler, Baldwin, all these random rotations that old mates throwing out there. And a lot of the time, that's garbage time as those guys, you know, the other team gives up and they claw back some numbers. So there's some honestly horrible numbers for the Wizards, but Gafford's not the sole problem with it. So I just think he's still getting a little bit undervalued. And with another locker room trip today, you might be able to acquire him at a um, at a somewhat cheaper price. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Yes, Price Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS as well. It's not you against other people with spreadsheets and salary caps. It's you against individual player stats. And they put a number up and you just choose more or less. You do that for up to six players, and you can win up to 25 times your money back this basketball season. You just pick at least two players, up to six, more or less on their stats. Done. Easy. As simple as it gets. You can also play against some of Price Picks' favorite players like Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schiltz. Price Picks even offers a reboot policy. So your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So if they get injured in the first half, don't return the second half. Shout out to Daniel Gafford. Um, your player gets rebooted. It's the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance policy. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's get into a bit more stuff here across the streaming activities for the games. Stream of the day. 10-teamer, I'm going with Kobe White. Bulls got a really good schedule coming up. 12-team, I'm going with Al Horford. 14-team, I'm going with Bilal Kulabali, who's played over 30 minutes in this game on Sunday. I think he's an interesting longer-term stash. I hope they start giving him more minutes. 16-team, uh, Precious Achua. And if we're looking at a 12-team point stream, I would go with Josh Hart over Al Horford in that situation as a stream option. They're the streams of the day. So what is on my radar? We've got the four games on. The first one is the Knicks and the Celtics. The Knicks played Sunday. They've already finished that game. That was the extraordinarily early game. Um, they got a big win in there, and Emmanuel quickly put up pretty strong numbers. But 
I don't have any reliability on Quickly's minutes. I don't have any reliability of when he's going to play 20 or 27. Did he get extra run today because it was a blowout? What, how did they, I, I don't know how they determine his playing time. It remains a frustrating thing with him and Hart and Grimes and DiVincenzo. So let's watch to see what role he can establish, if any. For the um, Celtics, I, I want to see Sam Hauser because I feel like he's just knocking in uh, multiple threes every single game. He's being more of a stream option than Peyton Pritchard. He's a more reliable three-point shooter than Peyton Pritchard. He's just banging in threes. He's doing it all the time, and he is a viable stream target. In terms of guys that we can stream who are widely available, we are looking at just the Hitman Hart. Again, much like quickly, we don't have any security in role or minutes. And then Al Horford's available everywhere. That's fine. He should be. But at the moment, Horford's got a really strong schedule this week that does make him a little bit more appealing to be added. The second game we look at, what is on my radar in the Wizards and the Raptors? Well, it is a back-to-back for the Wizards and the game has not completed. Um, we do want to watch Dan Gafford and Tyus Jones and Jordan Poole and all the bullshit that goes on there. For the Raptors, I want to see Yucca Pirtle. Um, Really disappointing at the moment, Pirtle. The minutes they're giving him is confusing to me considering I... I well, that's me though. I don't rate Precious Achua or Chris Boucher at all. I just think that Pirtle is a guy that is... Well, they paid him $80 million for four years. You would think they would value him a little bit more than the other players who aren't very good. But I don't know. Apparently, that's not how Darko views it. But let's see what Pirtle's minutes can look like. Can he secure a bigger role? We hope so. You would think after trading a first-round pick and investing $80 million in him, that you would use him more than they have been. I don't know, though. Um, Streams, I do have Bilal on here. Looked really good. Uh, opportunity for him again to be be a solid player. And his uh, advance numbers have been strong as well. All these, uh, yeah, the on-off stuff. He's, at the moment, that game is almost done. He's got 18, 7, and 3 with three steals. That's very interesting. He's a strong ad, Bilal, for Monday. And then Prisha Chua, widely available as well. He's probably worth a, uh, a stream look on the Raptors side of things. Especially, uh, well, not especially, he's worth it. And then we don't know the status of Gaz Trent, because if he is out, then some more stuff opens up for like a Malachi Flynn there coming off the bench. What's on my radar in the next game, which is the Cavs and the... Um, the Cavs and the Kings. I feel like I've missed a the game there. Um, yeah, I have. Let me go find that game. All right, let's go back to the game that I actually missed, which is the Bulls and the Bucks. The uh, the Bulls are on a back-to-back here in this one, so um, we don't know what's going to happen there. That game hasn't started yet. On the Milwaukee side, I do, of course, want to watch Chris Middleton. I don't really know what's going on with him at the moment. Um, we saw the minutes go from like 17 up to 21, and now they're back down to 20. He's still playing like okay, but it's frustrating. We are three weeks in here, and we haven't really seen any movement in this minutes limit. It is a long minutes limit, which makes me worried, again, that it is just going to drag even further. Again, the production hasn't been terrible. It's been okay. I definitely wouldn't drop Chris Middleton, but this whole team is a disaster at the moment. They all look old and slow, and it is a little concerning. So let's see, do we see any change in Middleton's role? Do the minutes just stay around 20? Because that that's a problem. Very clearly, that's a problem. On the bull side of things, Patrick Williams is a stream option. Alex Caruso currently is a game time decision for Sunday. He would be the stream guy that we'd look for if we know he plays Monday, but his body just can't handle this stuff, which is really unfortunate. And then on the uh, Buck side of things, Cameron Payne will be the stream if Lillard doesn't play. Otherwise, there's Jay Crowder, although he might also not play. But Cameron Payne would be someone that we could pay uh, a level of attention to there. 
the final game of the day is the Cavs. It is the Kings. That's your your last game there. Um, I want to watch Darius Garland, who's been a little bit up and down, some low usage games, some high turnover games, still being, I think, um, pretty pretty un, um, uh, undervalued in fantasy. And I think that you can still get him at a relatively cheaper price because people do panic too much over, over turnovers. Yes, he has doubled his turnovers from last season. Doesn't seem like that'd stick. Also, it's a point guard. You're going to get turnovers. I would be trying to get him at a cheaper price. And then for the Kings, a couple of strong games in a row for Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter. I'm not rushing to consider him a must-roster player, but with Fox out, he has stepped it up. The key is going to be here, if De'Aaron Fox does play, does Herter produce at the same level or do they go back to 22 minutes, 23 minutes? The Chris Duarte experiment, remember, oh, they're going to start Chris Duarte. He's done. They just took him out of the rotation because, again, he was a bad lottery pick who was not a good player in Indiana and they found it out again. That, to me, is a little bit death nelly for a 27-year-old third-year third, third year player. Maybe he's 26. When two uh, organizations just go, uh, no, absolutely not. A bit worrying. But Herder is taking back a bit more of that role. In terms of streams in Cleveland, George Niang would be an option. Um, the other guy we can look at there is, is Okoro if he does play. A little bit of a boost there. And then the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. He's been dropped in enough leagues that he does actually qualify for streaming targets now, which is great. That is his role. On a day like this, on a Monday with four day, four games on, Barnes is totally reasonable to use. You just don't want to hold him all the way through because the long-term value doesn't really apply to Barnes. There's no upside in him. But on a day like this, sure, go for it. Knock yourself out. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jace Medical. Jace Medical, producing the Jace case, which is what we're here to talk about the five life-saving antibiotics that you can get through their doctor-created and doctor-recommended program. You also got those physicians you can talk to when you're ordering it, and you have these antibiotics at home in case of an emergency. A natural disaster hits. You can't get to a hospital or to medical care, and you need something because there's been an injury with these antibiotics. That is what it's there for. But it's not just that. They, The guys at Jace Medical have noticed, as I'm sure most of you have, that if you are someone who uses medication regularly, there are supply chain, supply chain issues around the world. And having your daily medications at home, it's key. So you can get yearly supplies of a lot of these daily use medications, including generic versions of Cialis and Viagra. You can get those through your Jace case as well. So go to jacemedical.com. You can use the code locked on for $20 off. That's jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the code locked on and you can save $20. Let's go through the rest of the show now. After we've gone through the four games, what's on my radar there? Let's chunk it up. There are no back-to-backs. There's no back-to-backs Monday, Tuesday, because uh, we've got the in-season tournament Tuesday. So let's look chunks. Let's look next five days, Monday through Friday. The non-streaming days there are Tuesday and Friday, the two in-season tournament days. So we're looking at Monday. We're looking at Wednesday. We're looking at Thursday. Um, Kobe White has got two games. Malik Monk, two games. Josh Hart, Al Horford, Kevin Herter, Patrick Williams. You can get two solid games out of those players on those three quality game days. That is obviously really, really useful. Being able to get more games in for um, a cheaper cost in terms of waiver ads is useful. Now, when I did the week four preview the other day, I explained this, that we've got an opportunity to use a Monday, Wednesday ad 
and then hit a Thunder player on Thursday for a three-game in four nights to end the week to really boost your numbers up. But maybe that's not possible. Maybe there are no Thunder guys available. Isaiah Joe and Kaysan Wallace are the guys you want. Or Lou Dort, they're the guys that you want to grab. But just that is something you can look at. But if you want to get the two games in the first five days of the week, this is a way to do it with those two there. So Kobe White and the Bulls, Malik Monk and the Kings, Josh Hart and the Knicks, Al Horford and the Celtics. And then, of course, we had Herder and Williams as Kings and Bulls guys there, respectively. They have some value in that little chunky section. To look at some stream guys now for 10-team leagues, we're looking at Kobe White, Malik Monk, Denny Avdia. Probably, probably want to grab Avdia in, just in hold in 10s, I would say. Alex Caruso, if he plays, Al Horford. And Karis Levert, he should be rostered in 12s and probably 10-team leagues at the moment too with the, with the way that he is playing. He's, uh, he's playing really well and he should be rostered. In terms of 12-team streaming, we dropped the percentage cutoff down a little bit more. So Caruso, Jay Crowder, and Gary Trent are all going to be options if they're available. Now, if, Trent, if Caruso is out, that helps Kobe White, but it also helps someone like a Javon Carter to become a streamer. If Jay Crowder is out, well, it probably helps Malik Beasley and maybe Marjan Beauchamp, or I don't think he'd be a 12-teamer. If Gaz Trent is out, Flynn and Dick would be the guys I'd be looking to get in. Patrick Williams is a 12-team streamer, Precious Achua, and Bilal is also worth a 12-team stream. Again, really good stuff from him on Sunday. Not a bad ad, just as a general rule for, for the time being, just to see what they decide to do, even though their rotation entirely 100% unpredictable. For deeper league stream options, we've got Crowder, Achua, Kulabali, Tory Craig. He's a starter. He might only be a 20-minute night starter, but with four games on in deeper leagues, you've got to look at that. Isaiah Hartenstein, 4%, and Malik Beasley, who could get a real boost if Lillard and Crowder are both out. Just more shots. They probably don't go in, but you get more shots and you get more opportunities. For some points league-specific streaming, number one is going to be Kobe White, followed by Monk, Horford, Josh the Hitman Hart, Kevin Herter and Jay Crowder could be a point stream for you guys as well there. That's focusing a little bit more on Yahoo scoring systems. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Odyssey. And on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, notification bell, all of that stuff. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.